Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for October 11th, 2023. What is a soft landing? And are we heading for one? The current expansion continues to roll on, despite rising interest rates and sticky inflation. The Fed has attempted to slow down the economy with tightening monetary policy over and over, but consumer spending and employment seem to remain impervious. Fed Chair Powell has hinted at the possibility of a soft landing as an alternative to a recession. But what exactly is a soft landing? And how is it different than a recession? And how could the economy and financial markets respond during a soft landing? Well, joining us today to answer these questions, we have Nationwide's Chief Economist, Kathy Bostancic, and Senior Economist, Ben Ayers. Kathy, Ben, thanks for joining us today. Kathy, we're going to start with you, and we're going to do some level setting here. Now, a soft landing doesn't happen very often, so many of our audience may not even know what it is. Uh, so what exactly is a soft landing, and how does it differ than a recession? Well, thanks, Brian. Great questions. Let me start by saying there really is no exact definition of what a soft landing is. Many economists like ourselves would consider it to be when the Federal Reserve raises interest rates just enough to allow the economy to slow and to cool the pace of inflation without prompting um, a recession or what we would call hard landing. So recession equals hard landing, soft landing, means that you you skirt by the recession. In a hard landing, you would have a meaningful contraction in real GDP growth. On average, post-World War II, we've seen, if you exclude the great financial crisis and the COVID uh, recessions, which are really outliers, you've seen a decline in real GDP growth, how we measure the activity in the economy of, of 2%. And you've seen a, a sizable rise in the unemployment rate. Now, in a, again, a soft landing means that you can skirt by. The Fed gets it just right. Really kind of the equivalent of a Goldilocks economy. You know, inflation's not too hot. They, they're able to, in this current environment, tame it without really pushing the economy in, into recession. Now, Chairman Jerome Powell uh, of the FOMC has also um, indicated that you could have a softish landing which would be described as maybe a modest recession and just a smallish rise in the unemployment rate. So again, if the average contraction in GDP is about 2%, you know, maybe uh, a modest recession is something less than 1% and the unemployment rate may be rising half a percentage point. So for instance, given today's environment, maybe it would rise slightly above 4%, but, but wouldn't come near 5% or, or even higher. If you look at the Fed's forecast right now, they're essentially looking for and expecting now this soft landing. In fact, it looks like they have more confidence that they can navigate and, and land the economy in a very soft way. They do not have a contraction in growth next year. We do. We see a, a mild recession. And they see the unemployment rate only rising to a little bit above 4%, 4.1% on average. So, you know, really that is the Goldilocks economy. Inflation would cool, so it wouldn't be as hot. And you, you don't have too cold of, a, of an economic activity. Not too cold, not too hot. That sounds pretty good. So, Ben, let's ask you, 
if a soft landing is great, then why doesn't the Fed just achieve a soft landing every time instead of having recession? Well, that's the ideal, isn't it? I mean, that's you know that's the goal of monetary policy and what they're aiming for. And obviously, you know, again, as Kathy laid out, what they're really hoping to see over the next year. But the reality is, that's that's a pretty hard thing to achieve. It's pretty quite hard to get that Goldilocks scenario for the economy. You look over the last eight Fed tightening cycles. Six of them have resulted in a hard landing, and there were two times out of those eight where the Fed was able to, you know, again, slow inflation, slow the economy uh, without causing recession, really extend the expansion for much longer. You're, you're kind of prototypical soft landing, but two out of eight, that you know, that's a 250 batting average. It's not exactly the best of forecasts there, and really suggests that the base case when the Fed does raise rates should likely be a recession. So the question is, why is this so difficult? Uh, much of that has to do with the lagged impacts of Fed policy on economic activity. When the Fed is raising rates, say, right now, it might not really change behavior for consumers or businesses maybe a year out, maybe even more than two years out. And this is and it's really due to the compounding nature of these Fed rate moves when they either raise interest rates or they decide to lower interest rates. Just because the Fed increases rates, say, at one meeting by 25 or maybe even 50 basis points, you know, that might not change a person's decision to buy a home. Just because, you know, say, a mortgage rate was 4% a week ago and now it's 425, you know, that might not really swing the decision for whether you decide to make that purchase or not. But if you're raising or dropping them by several percentage points, say over a year or maybe a year and a half long period, that could really start to make this swing those decisions. You're talking about suddenly, you know, for instance, right now, a few years ago, we saw mortgage rates three and a half, four percent. Now they're up almost to eight percent. And that really makes that decision much harder. And it's those micro decisions by many households and businesses that really add up to determine which way the economy goes. Obviously, when the Fed's easing, they're promoting more activity and lowering those rates. And when they're raising rates, are trying to act and restrict and slow down the economy. And then the consequence of these lags is that you know the amount of stimulus or restriction that's happening right now is really determined by what policy decisions they made maybe a year, year and a half ago. And of course, conditions change. We know that's very happens. Things come up. Unexpected occurrences impact the economy. For instance, say, you know, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, you know, that's something you can't predict until it actually happens. And when you're adjusting policy and having those lagged impacts, it's really difficult to really hone in on what exact policy is needed for the current environment, given the lag of, of where those impacts occur. So it's always a moving target. For the Fed, and that just makes this process highly difficult to really hone in exactly the right way. And what we've traditionally seen is, unfortunately, the Fed has erred on the side of restriction, and many times, and really, in the focus of trying to get inflation under control. And that's ultimately led to more hard landings than actual soft landings, as we look at the history. You know, you look at this impact here as, as a term coined by Milton Friedman, and actually has been used recently by Chair Powell, calling the impact of monetary policy as long with variable lags. And it really defines the, the length of the period where, again, decisions right now don't really probably impact decisions made by consumers and business. So at least six months, probably more like you know, 12 or 18 months down the road. And obviously that impact can change depending on what's happening in that current environment. And just again, underlying how difficult of a policy process this is for the Fed to try to get it just right and get that soft landing. So based on what you're saying, it is difficult for the Fed to achieve the soft landing. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, what uh, what do we know from that? I mean, what, um, what can we learn from the previous times when the Fed has been able to 
achieve a soft landing? Sure. You know, as we as we mentioned earlier, we we estimate there have been two soft landings over the past 50 years. Uh, the prime and I think most widely accepted example is what occurred in the mid-1990s. Um, earlier in the decade, the economy was really booming coming out of the 1990-91 recession. And over the course of 1994 and 1995, the Fed raised rates by a full three percentage points, really with the main goal of getting ahead of inflation. They were seeing signs that inflation was picking up and they wanted to slow down the economy to make sure inflation didn't take off. Well, Alan Greenspan, who was the, the Fed chair at the time, saw pretty early that signs that inflation was responding to those three percentage points of increase in the Fed funds rate. And very quickly, by the mid-July, uh, mid part of, 20, of uh, 1995, they reversed course. They actually pushed through three small rate cuts, which helped to stave off the recession that might have happened in the middle part of the 1990s and, and kept that expansion going through the end of the decade. And so the result at the time was the longest expansion that the U.S. had ever seen over the course of the over the course of much of the the 1990s decade. Uh, another example of a recent soft landing we feel occurred in the mid 1980s, uh, coming off of the double dip recessions in the early 1980s. The Fed was really focused on inflation, focused on bringing that down. The regime change of focusing on inflation as well as the unemployment rate across the economy, and they're really trying to promote a more stable economic environment after much of the price volatility that occurred over the 1970s. Uh, you know, after raising rates over 1983 in the first half of 1984, and the Fed sharply cut rates over the next year with additional rate cuts happening in, in 1986. Again, this helped to extend the expansion for several years longer, um, with the following recession not occurring until 1990 and really kind of also precipitated by the Persian Gulf War that happened in that year. Um, so I think when you look at these prior two examples, the key really here was a, a responsive Fed which we saw rate cuts very quickly in order to prevent a wider economic recession. You know, economic growth did slow as a result of the initial rate hikes, but the Fed was able to ease early and ease early enough um, to prevent negative real GDP growth from happening and ultimately prevent an outright recession from occurring across the economy. And neither of these instances did the Fed keep rates steady uh, for at a restricted level for an extended period of time. They act, again, they acted very proactively uh, to see that they were going to lower those rates right off of coming off of some rate hikes. You know, much of that had to do with the inflation environment at the time, and both the mid-80s and the mid-90s, inflation was already low. So again, the Fed was getting ahead of things as opposed to catching up and responding to what was happening in the inflationary environment. In 1983, the overall CPI was running about 25 to 3%, uh, and it was about a little below 3% for much of 1994. So they were starting at a relatively low level, just trying to get ahead of it. And when they start to see signs that the economy was responding and they had kind of cut off some of that building inflationary pressure, they were able to ease and again, prevent that ultimate recession from actually happening. So I think at that point, very different environment, obviously, than what we see right now. Uh, and uh, certainly the inflationary environment was much easier for them to get a clearer victory over what they saw in the inflationary pressure and pull back on those policy restrictions much more quickly than we're probably likely to see over this cycle. Thank you, Ben. I'm going to bring Kathy back in here now to ask her about what happens after a soft landing. So we heard from Ben that the um, the Fed's able to use a soft landing to prevent a recession. But as time passes, what happens on the other side of a soft landing? I mean, are we merely delaying the inevitable recession? So it, it, it's a great question. I mean, the two examples uh, that, that Ben gave, 
it actually uh, was a good result in that we the, the recession or hard landing uh, was delayed quite a bit for, for a number of years. Um, and, and the Federal Reserve was able to come in and, and cut rates to help promote that. Now, of course, in the mid-80s, we also had the, the stock market crash in, in 87. Um, and, and under Greenspan's helm, he also uh, you know, came in and, and, and cut rates to support and offset some of the, the, the um, economic damage from that. So you, you could also you know, point to that, you know, perhaps actually ironically helping to prolong um, the, the expansion, even though there was quite uh, a lot of pain and, and dislocations in the equity market. Um, you know, I think when we look at conditions now, um, you know, could we have a, a replay of like maybe, let's say, the mid-90s? Um, well, it's possible. Um, it's it's, But it would, I think, necessitate um, the Federal Reserve removing uh, some of the, the restrictive policy they have in place. In other words, they have to cut rates. Um, and it's... it's has been indicated um, the Fed was actually pretty aggressive in 1994 raising rates. Um, they surprised. I remember being on the bond desk at um, at the time it was Union Bank of Switzerland, and they came in surprised. And it was a 50 basis point rate hike um, in February 1994. No one was really expecting that. And then what you had throughout that year is you had something called a convexity trade that came in, a mortgage convexity trade that. Um, impacted the uh, bond market. And what that meant is that long-term rates shot up much higher than uh, the Fed was ever anyone anticipated based on their, their rate action. Even though they were more aggressive, the uh, the long end of the curve overreacted. It's because of this um, kind of uh, unique um, phenomena in, in the mortgage market. Um, but then they did turn course pretty quickly in, in 95. I would also point out, and, and they cut rates, um, but I would also point out that was during a time where we had a big IT boom going on. And, um, you know, uh, it was always joked back then, uh, if you remember Al Gore coming out proclaiming he had invented the uh, internet, of course he didn't, but, um, you know, you, you had that and this dynamism in the IT sector um, that really carried us through. And I, again, remember being at Union Bank of Switzerland, we actually were calling for a recession. Um, we had created some reports uh, uh, surrounding that. We were on a recession watch and and it didn't happen. But I, it, was, it was because the Fed cut rates, but it was also because we had this um, uh, productivity surge, which Greenspan was really great in letting run its course because people were concerned, you know, maybe um, the economy was, you know, was on the verge of overheating, things like that. Um, he let that run throughout the, the 90s. So we actually didn't see that expansion end um, until we had the dot-com uh, bubble uh, burst in, in 2000. Um, so, you know, what can happen with the markets? Well, if the Fed's successful, I mean, let's say we have the Fed Reserve successful bringing rates down, they're able to cut rates pretty quickly, and maybe, you know, AI generative, you know, ignites some kind of productivity um, uh, surge, and that could actually 
extend this expansion and and we could have the equity market and risk assets performing quite well, even though right now there's a lot of uncertainty and, and nervousness in, in the markets. Um, however, um, this time is quite different in that inflation uh, is, is quite elevated. And even though we've seen inflation um, slow, um, in, in the service side, it's still rather um, high and, and sticky. Um, and if we've got a labor market where you don't really see the unemployment rate rise a lot, leave the Fed's right and it goes to 4.1, well, you're not really cleansing the system. And one of the things about a hard landing a recession, it, it clears the decks for the next expansion, meaning it re- replenishes uh, refreshes the economy. It, it frees up uh, resources, whether um, on the industrial side or, or the labor market, and particularly now, labor market's really tight. And with the demographics and the baby boomers retiring, we, we're probably going to continue to see more inclination towards a tighter labor market for longer. So it, it's not an easy task right now. It's not impossible. I mean, in some sense, the data have come in stronger. Um, and that's why the Fed Reserve is forecasting with with higher degree of confidence a soft landing. And, and certainly you could make that case and it's quite possible. Um, but I think it really comes down to how successful they are in taming inflation and how quickly. What we do know is that uh, Chairman Powell said the worst outcome would be if they don't get inflation back to 2% target over time. So meaning, you know, implicitly he's saying, if we have a rather hard landing, um, that's not the worst outcome. The worst outcome is we come out of the experience and we, we still have inflation elevated. So, um, you know, that, that makes it a, a, a bit more difficult for the Fed at, at this point, I think, to get what is called, you know, that equilibrium and nirvana. So maybe in a sense, we're just really delaying the hard landing not really completely suppressing it. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up there, Kathy, for now. But to our audience, we're going to pick this up again in our next podcast and talk about our outlook and our forecast for when we might see a soft landing happen, if it, if it does happen. And what kind of timetable could that be? Could it be the next six to 12 months or when could it be? So join us next time as we pick up this discussion about soft landings and we talk about when it could happen. Until next time. For our Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023, Nationwide.